Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. We've seen the story before. We've seen the story before. We've seen the story before. Big news. The Athletic NBA Show will now bring you even more content through the Athletic Audio Plus. Subscribe now for a free 30-day trial via Apple Podcasts to listen to bonus specials, exclusive interviews, Q&As, and more. And after your trial, it's only $1 a month for access to all Athletic Audio plus bonus content across our entire network of shows. Check out the Athletic NBA Show's latest bonus episode now only on Apple Podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Andrew Schlecht. And I am Alex Spears. And you can join us every Saturday on the Athletic NBA Show for the Saturday Slammin' Jam. We will bring you the most interesting plots and storylines from the playoffs, fun guests, and a weekly trivia show where I attempt to completely embarrass my co-host, Andrew. So grab your coffee, do your chores, and turn up the Saturday Slam and Jam right here on the Athletic NBA Show. Hey guys, it's Dave DeFore. Join me and my buddy Seth Partnow and Moda Keel every Friday right here on the Athletic NBA Show for Nerdishy Road, a podcast that attempts to look at the cutting edge of the NBA and the sport of basketball. Whether it's sports science, a deep dive on X's and O's, tales from the video room, or the next big thing in analytics, you can find it all every single Friday on Nerdishy Road right here on the Athletic NBA Show. Every Thursday morning, after a long night of Wednesday playoff action, just waiting for you in your podcast feeds as you wake up, it's Point of Contention. On the Athletic NBA Show as a part of the Athletic Podcast Network, it's myself, Zach Harper, teeing up the toughest topics and questions to Marcus Thompson and Ethan Sherwood Strauss with Jade Hoy producing every Thursday. Subscribe to the Athletic NBA Show. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to give you some of the craziest and most hard-hitting theories and takes of playoff action possible. And you'll get point of contention right in your eardrums. In fact, if you don't like it, We'll have a point of contention for you right here on The Athletic. Want an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news and trends in the NBA? Listen to the NBA Daily Ding podcast Monday through Friday. Wake up and turn up the NBA Daily Ding to stay informed on all things NBA here at The Athletic and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Athletic NBA Show Monday through Friday on The Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, Guys, I got to say, Bucks in four. It's a sweep. The Bucks are just better. Like they they miss PJ Dozier, man. Like like that's that's where their defense is. Yep. Fire up the fucking doom ship. Oh I'm God. hey, I'm burning this bitch down tonight. <laughs> <laughs> God, the number one seed getting cracked like that. Mm-mm. The same weekend. Listen, the real KD. <laughs> oh my God. The real KD. <laughs> that oh shit God. crazy, bro. New York strip steak. This is the basketball buds. Braised beef short ribs. With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to the Basket Buds, a 
edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. We've got Trevon Edwards. We've got Dave DeFore. We've got Jay King. We've got Mo Dakiel from Bleacher Report and the Athletic Podcast Network. And we've got an NBA Finals for you. Congratulations. Such a long, hard road for you to get to this point. What did it feel like to you when you were making all of those moments happen and you were at the peak of your powers on that floor and getting closer to that moment? Uh, I don't even know right now. I just remember we was up 17. I came out the game. I looked up and we was up like five or seven. And uh, you just always know um, these closeout games are tough. And I watch every game every night and you just always see the Clippers. They make a run. Third quarter, fourth quarter, they just get it going. As we all predicted, preseason, Phoenix Suns, Milwaukee Bucks for all the Tostitos as the Bucks uh, took took care of the hobbled Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young tried to play in game six and uh, didn't go so well. He couldn't really move. And Yeah, I mean... You know, I think it's it's mostly probably we should have our medical director come and speak to you. You guys got the, the bomb, the coach, to talk to you. So. The Bucks took care of business without Giannis, and so we're going to get, I think, a healthy Suns team, right? I know now Chris Paul has like a hand thing or something. I don't know. He's, Chris Paul's got something. but um, He's old. He's old, right. He's got an old thing. <laughs> but we have... We have a healthy Suns team going against a Bucks team that already didn't have Dante DiVincenzo. And I guess we'll find out if they have Giannis in this series um, or, or to start the series, at least if, if not the, the entire series. And so um, just in terms of your initial thoughts on this matchup, Dave, like what, what, what do you, what do you expect out of, these two teams that are literally just trying to be the last team standing. Like normally it's like, Hey, we're the best. We're trying to win this championship, but this one, it feels like you're the best. If you're just the last one standing this time. I mean, legitimately that is, that is what I think the the plan and goal should be. Who can stay healthy the longest, right? Can we be healthier than them? Four games in a row, right? Or four out of seven. And I mean, I guess at this point you probably are saying the luck has to swing Milwaukee's side because they lost their best player in the last series. So feels like the bad luck should happen to Phoenix. Like if we're just watching how this playoff has played out, um, man, I, I just don't even know because the the looming question of is Giannis going to be able to play literally changes my entire opinion on the series. Cause I, I think Phoenix wins if he can't. And if he's out there, I think the bucks are just going to be too much, but it's all about his knee. I mean, we we all saw that that thing hyperextend. Yeah. I don't know how the hell he's going to play. It was nasty. But the fact that they're I don't teasing know how it, he, you know, is just he survived amazing. that one without huge, huge, huge injury. Yeah, like he's not normal. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> if that happened to me, I'll, I would never play again. But you are also not normal, Jay King, just in <laughs> a different level. For sure. Right. <laughs> I guess that's but, true. But like, I mean, you, get, very well, different you guys, I mean, think about it though, right? Like, cause if, if he can play, that's a guy who playing the five, like is going to, is going to really challenge Aiton. And I just don't know if Brooke challenges Aiton, uh, in the same ways. I mean, certainly physically he I, can, but he can't beat him on foot. Like Giannis I don't think can. he, I don't think he challenges Aiton, um, with Giannis out there. But I like the way they used him in game five against the Hawks. Like, yeah, if you can do that against the Suns, I just don't know 
Man, I I don't know if Giannis isn't a hundred percent. If he's out there like hobbling, which after looking at that injury, yeah, like I don't uh-huh. expect him to be a hundred percent. I'm not saying they should play without Giannis, and that's better for them. I just think it mucks things up quite a bit. I think that's going to complicate some shit. It felt cleaner, right? It felt cleaner it, with just. And it Brooke. helped because, like, look, the Hawks are the Hawks were good this year, right? And they were good in the playoffs. Um, or I should say they were good this year under Nate McMillan. They were like they were good in the playoffs. Like they're a solid defensive team and everything. But I think you kind of saw like against a free flowing offense, like they couldn't really handle that. There's only so much Capella can do, and they didn't have DeAndre Hunter out there, right? So like I don't know that I don't know that you can look at what they did in Game Five and even parts of Game Six too um, against the Hawks and think that's easily something you can recreate against the Suns' defense. And the Suns are a better defensive team. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have Crowder. You're going to have Mikael Bridges. CP smart. Not probably what he used to be defensively, but sp- still smart enough to be in the right places. DeAndre Ayton, you know, rotating over and, and really kind of taking a, a big step in these playoffs. Like, I just, I'm not sure I, I even with Giannis, without Giannis, I still kind of think the Suns win this. I just think their defense is, is so much tighter. I mean, Middleton was able to cook on Kevin Herter. There's not a lot of Kevin Herters on the uh, Suns roster right now. Yeah, but but like I feel like that's disrespectful to Middleton to think he can't cook against the Bridges against. Did a you see Crowder, him against Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish against, last night against a Booker? I, I mean, I saw him have 23 points in the third quarter. I saw him totally dominate the game when when Milwaukee needed it on the road. I, I think I trust in Chris Middleton to get buckets no matter what. To, to, to me, it's it's can Milwaukee guard Chris Paul and Devin Booker, especially in the mid-range, where those guys are so good. And and, and they should have room against Brooke Lopez to, to operate there. And, and that's the chess match I'm most interested in is – can those guys dominate that mid-range? How will Milwaukee guard that? Because those are the shots they like to give up. And those are the shots Phoenix would love to take and make over and over again. And so I, I think Budenholzer is going to have to to change up something so that they're not giving up those mid-range shots that they like to give up basically all season long, all year long, all, all Budenholzer tenure long. It's it's going to be they, they've got to get out of their comfort zone a little bit, Milwaukee, and force Chris Paul and Devin Booker into tougher shots. Hi, everybody. Trey here. So I didn't even know Trey yeah. was on the call. So, um, yeah, man. So I think Giannis will return. Um, not officially game one. It's no structural damage. Obviously, he's going to work like hell to get back on the court. I can see him being back out there by no later than game three, game two or at the earliest. Um, again, put some respect on Chris Middleton's name, proved it, proved it, proved it. Um, I think that he's going to come out guns blazing. I think that his team is going to support him. Like, uh, we seen the past two games moving the ball a little bit better. Um, obviously the Suns are a very good team. They're very deep. Um, and they play together and they also have, you know, probably they're probably the favorites because they have more of a supporting cast, you know what I mean? And, you know, with Chris Paul, obviously, hungry to get this first ring and then you know Devin Booker who can go off at any time and then you add in DeAndre Ayton and 
and and uh, and company and and this should be an interesting matchup i don't think it's a you know a, a sun sweep i think that you know uh milwaukee has a challenge that they have to you know step into i think uh you know, more so Drew Holiday stepping in and, and, and playing a little bit better on the offensive end. Um, but he's been consistent on the defensive end. That keeps them in basketball games. And I think that they have enough to keep this series close. I don't I don't see it right. just being lopsided or anything like that. And if they can cushion a little bit to get Giannis back into the lineup, I mean I, I think we I think we go six well, or seven can, games. Real quick, can we can I that triggered something to me. You saying that, Trey? Can can I get some retroactive fucking respect for these Atlanta Hawks that you all just said we're gonna get swept by the Bucks? Can I, can I get some respect Absolutely. on these I guys? Think I, I think I had them out. I think I had the gentleman yeah. gentleman sweep. Um, shouts to Trey Young. Um, I don't think you'll ever miss an All Star game again unless you know you're hurt. Um, hats off to Nate McMillan. Did an incredible job stepping in. Um, and taking over this team and getting them to where they needed to be. Um, and also, shout out to the Hawks for just coming prepared. You know what I mean? Like, they were counted out by us, by myself specifically, and were very feisty, were very fun, very entertaining, and have a bright future. I mean, this can only be one way up, or they can go backwards. And I think it starts with signing Collins, and then after that, bringing Nate McMillan back. And those are two important decisions that they have to make. And I liked what i seen from Cam yeah. Reddish. I think he has some growing pains and that he's going to be very valuable to this team's growth next season. I mean, well, the, I wanna... the fact that they were in the conference finals and DeAndre Hunter wasn't out there, wasn't available for him at all. And, and they were hanging with the Bucks. And if Trey doesn't get hurt, we don't know what happens in that series. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hats off to the Hawks. They Like, this is a year early for them. And I think we even talked about that in the preview where I think it was going to take them a year to kind of figure out how to play. And we saw that, man. Like, by the time they get to the playoffs, they were really playing their best basketball. And, and maybe that's Nate McMillan. Maybe that's just chemistry. You know, Bogdanovich was out for a big part of the year. Again, DeAndre Hunter was out. You know, guys in and out all year. And then when we got to see it, I mean, there's just no doubt that Trey Young is on his way to like the upper echelon of the league. I think, you know, when you watch the way he was able to dominate and control playoff series this early in his career. Yeah. The Hawks are going to be really, really good, really fast. I, I Not to be like the guy who hates on the parade, although I guess I'm often the guy who hates on the parade. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I, like, they're going to have to get a lot better to return to the Eastern Conference Finals next season because the Nets are going to come back healthy. The The Celtics will be better. The 76ers will probably trade Ben Simmons and have a different look and feel. Uh, like, th- there are going to be a lot of improvements made in the rest of the conference that I think they'll just have to be better. And, and they've got questions with, with Collins, with McMillan, with – you know, some some of their better players, including Gallinari, are, are aging a little bit. So I, I want to see what they do from here. But I have nothing but respect for, for Trey Young. I, I They are definitely further along in their trajectory than I expected right now. And, and Trey, Trey especially, like, 
I, I really, really changed my opinion on him because I think even last year I was like empty stats guy kind of, you know, doing his thing, but doing it in a way that, that doesn't get everyone else in, involved all the time that, that, that maybe isn't, you know, going to be able to lift the team. I was dead wrong. Absolutely wrong. Herder's better than I thought. Hunter, it's too bad he was hurt. But they've got a really nice core, and then they've got some veterans around those guys. And they uh, that run was was really really impressive. And I, I think, you know, it it felt like to me that Atlanta, not that they were happy to be there, but but they weren't as desperate to capitalize as Milwaukee in those last couple of games. And I, I I felt like you could sense the urgency from the Bucks, whereas the Hawks believe that that they'll be back and and they'll have plenty of chances for it in the future and i'm not sure and if i that's just want to clarify jay real quick that this is the same hawks team that you said would absolutely get swept that team yeah the same hawks team that just got clapped without Giannis mm. in two straight and games. without their best player without their best player <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, jay i felt like that's a little bit unfair just kind of saying like they they didn't have their best guy. And we saw it even before Giannis got hurt. They came out mm-hmm. in game four and mm-hmm. worked the Bucks before Giannis got hurt. In the first yeah. half of that yeah. game, they came out and literally punched him in the mouth and said, no, nah, we're here. We got you. So I just think it was them slowly running out of gas. I mean, the Hawks are going to be an exciting, fun team to to watch going forward. But it is interesting. Next season is going to be really fun to watch in the sense of we've seen young teams kind of jump ahead of schedule and then and then not be able to to maintain or keep that up for a variety of reasons it's going to be interesting to see how the hawks handle that success you know from this season and what that means into going into next season how they're able to build on it or or sometimes these teams sort of fall back it's going to be an interesting uh thing to watch for next season but we got a finals to talk about fellas we do have a finals to talk about and I, I think the last couple of games of that series, Milwaukee, like, just took the physicality to another level. It was Drew Holiday was going to get to the paint. Chris Middleton was going to get to his spot. Brooke Lopez was was going to dominate the paint. And, and they were a much more physical team than Atlanta. I, I want to see whether they can do that against Phoenix. And I don't think they can. I think Phoenix, with Crowder, with Bridges, with Aiton, they're, they're strong and they're physical, too. It, it's not going to be that easy for Milwaukee. Even even if Giannis does play to to kind of control the the tone of the game like they did in those last two games against Atlanta, that's the thing is I I do think they can be that physical team against Milwaukee. Like I think that they have they've had Brooke Lopez as a break glass in case of emergency scoring option this whole time. But like, look, I, it you can't just get back on that bike and be fine. But he is. Like, or he was an all-star. He is a scorer, right? It's not just like he's some dude who's, you know, spotting up from three and that's it. Like that guy couldn't get, can get buckets. Like I think that they can, they can do a lot of the things they did against the heat in terms of getting him easy baskets by rim running, by ceiling, like as good as DeAndre Ayton is, as beautiful a runner as he is, Dave, right? Like, I mean, as great as that, as great as great as that looks like Brooke can get down the floor, seal him. And he's way bigger and stronger than Deandre Ayton, mm-hmm. which is like saying something, but he is like, I think they can get Ayton into foul trouble. But then again, like I thought the Lakers right. and the 
Nuggets were going to be able to get Aiton into foul trouble and do that. Um, but I still think like whether Aiton fouls or not, you know, I think Brooke Lopez can have a big series if they do decide to go out there and be the big physical team, because that is ultimately their strength. Whether Giannis is out there or not, like, because you can, you can throw, you know, a Bobby Portis out there, have PJ Tucker, and then you have Middleton and Drew as your, as your backcourt. Like that's still a big physical team. So I think they can do that. I worry that like, man, they don't have depth. Right. Like Bryn Forbes yeah. has to be hitting in the series. Pat Connaughton has to be hitting in the series. Oh, this is not a Bryn Forbes series. It, well, it might right? have like, it might have to be though for a few minutes problem, here and there. Right? Like you're you're gonna have to get some yeah. minutes in there. And like uh, my God, the idea of them playing Giannis's brother like out there. I mean, my that's <laughs> yeah, like, like Bryn, you have to think about who Bryn Forbes is gonna have to guard. And you know, like you're gonna have to make sure that he's only out there with Brooke. Right. I mean, if Giannis is out there, right, like he's only out there with Giannis and, you know, basically you're going to match him up with campaign minutes and you're just going to say, OK, you're going to be a turnstile and we got somebody behind you. And, and, you know, this is a series where the guard play for Phoenix is, is I mean, that's why they're here. You know, we can talk about DeAndre Aiden all day long, but everything they do starts with campaign, Chris Paul and Devin Booker in that order. And in so, order. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, look, I. I I know the hierarchy on that team. And so, you know, I, I think if you're Milwaukee, yes, you've you got to find a way, especially to get Brent Forbes shooting on the court because the Suns are going to be able to shoot it. Um, but, man, I'd worry about him in space trying to guard those guys, and especially campaign because campaign is, was so effective. Get into the basket and putting pressure on the Clippers. And I think if you're the Bucks, you know, you, you can't let him get into that floater range because he'll right. eat there. But here – and DeAndre Ayton will eat because well, here, here's what I would do though, right? Like, and Mo, maybe I'm wrong on this, but if campaign beats me for a fucking championship, then okay. Like, no, I, I would almost be like, no, there's that too. Yeah, crying yeah. for a year, man. <laughs> no, but like, I would be like, hey, if it's not <laughs> Devin Booker and Chris Paul destroying me for a championship, like, all right, like it's just one of those things. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually with Zach and and with Jay because if it does happen, you're like, man, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's who you live with, right? It's 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 not Chris Paul cooking. It's not Devin Booker cooking. If it's campaign that's that's hitting all these floaters, and you're like, man, campaign pain average 35 points in this series <laughs> like you go like you're gonna lose the championship if campaign's doing that i think you know it's it's along those lines of something you're gonna live with it's that's what it comes down to in playoff basketball in general and it gets magnified each round what are you willing to live with you know can we live with campaign campaign getting in the lane if that means we're stopping lobs to Aiton? if we're able to slow down chris paul and devin booker can we live with that that's something you're going to be fine with. It's it's that's playoff basketball in, in the gist of it. Every series, every team's looking at what can we take away and what can we live with and still feel like we have a chance to win. So we do have the Mike Budenholzer aspect of the series, right? Um, <laughs> well, hold on. Now, to, to his credit, no. though, he adjusted really, really well in the last series, including telling Brooke Lopez to play like prime Shaq. Right. So yeah, you he, know, he, adjust, he adjusted to credit. like, "Hey, Trey Young, step on that ref's foot." That was a great adjustment by by Mike Boonholzer. But Bud is someone who has historically looked to um, 
allow the mid range, as you guys mentioned, right? Allow that mid range. Like we're going to try to take away threes, although they give up a shitload of open threes. Uh, but we're going to try to like control the paint and hopefully take away threes. And in the middle of the floor, uh, you can't do that against Devin Booker. You can't do that against Chris Paul. Hell, you, again, you can't do that against campaign, right? Like there's these certain guys where I think Phoenix is built to completely dissect this defense. So I'm going to ask the stupid question of, do we think Mike Budenholzer will adjust to that and try to make them do something else? He has to adjust. Well, I mean, he has to. <laughs> Jay, like we've, we've had this conversation so many times with Budenholzer. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, that is the most obvious thing. You, you look at this series and you know Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to try to cook for mid-range. Because that's what they do. And that's what they do extremely well. And no matter what the analytics say, those two guys rise above analytics and they can kill you from mid-range and they can tear apart your defense from that zone. And the Bucks are going to have to change to take that away. Or at least not let Chris Paul like be gonna... super comfortable with it. And, and, and some of that is... Um... I was going to say try, Jay. There's no such thing as try. These dudes are going to get that mid as much as they want. And analytics can stuff it because they're very, very damn good at shooting this shot. Like Chris Paul is still, you have to cover him because he can make this shot consistently. It's a layup to him now. Devin Booker spends about 45 minutes in his workout routine getting to the sweet spot of the mid-range just being center straight up and down, that's a high percentage shot for him. So I don't think that, you know, they can honestly, PJ Tucker's going to have to do his best on Devin Booker because he's going to get there. And he's also a physical guard. He's not one of those guards that you can just kind of push out. He uses his body and he thrives off his body because that's how, you know, he knows how to square up when he shoots. So even if you're riding on the side of his hip, that contact actually helps him square up to shoot that shot. And it's going to be interesting. Like you said, we're laughing because Bud actually making adjustments is laughable at this point. But what Milwaukee's going to have to do is more so keep them out of the mid-range area and force Devin to take more threes. Because without, like, catch and shoot, he's damn good. But, like, off the dribble, he's not. That's not his thing. He doesn't shoot deep threes like Damian Lillard or Steph Curry or Trey Young. So everything's switched up a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, he reminds me of um I, I I wouldn't even I don't even really know how to compare that as best as like Brandon Roy. You know what I'm saying? And how Brandon Roy was able to navigate whether it was driving to the to the rack strongly and finishing with a dunk or getting whatever mid-range he wanted. Yeah, I think the the one thing I would look at if I'm the the Bucks. I would actually look at how the Clippers defended it because I thought they did a pretty good job, even in drop coverage. A lot of times the big man wasn't in like a deep top drop coverage, right? They were up at like the 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 semicircle, you know, and, and and ready to meet those guys in the mid range. I mean, Zubach I thought did a pretty good job every time Chris went into his mid range. He ate up real estate and took took space away and made it a little bit more uncomfortable. For Chris in the mid range, and everybody else stayed home. They just played that pick two on two, and I'll be interested to see if 
that's what the Bucks go to. But I have no doubt they're starting this game. Yeah. Oh, I think 100%. there's just a ton of pressure on Brooke, right? Like we've seen Paul, we've seen Booker kind of, they, they, they just totally dispatched Jokic, like did whatever they wanted against Jokic and the Nuggets. And then they struggled a little bit sometimes against the Clippers, but, but there's just pressure on Brooke, whether, whether they're playing him up closer to the ball, whether they're dropping him back and having him break up lobs, like, Brooke is going to have to be great defensively. And I think sometimes he doesn't get enough credit for being as mobile as he is. And as versatile as he is within their drop coverage, if that makes sense. Like, he's not one of those guys who just stands at the rim and is, like, useless otherwise. Like, he's active. He gets his hands in things. He he really makes a difference. And I think there's just a lot of pressure on him in the series because of how well, because of how good those guards are. And, and you can throw a campaign into that, too. Like, they're just going to be putting constant pressure on Brooke. And he's going to have to be great to take some of that away while still limiting Aiton. I can't wait for the uh, Bobby Portis Bobby minutes. Bobby Portis so. has had a fun run. <laughs> Bobby Portis, one, I think Bobby Portis is going to get paid. Two, Bobby Portis, like, all he's got to do is make jumpers in the series. You That's know? it. He's got to make jumpers. He's got to get jumpers. He's got to make jumpers. He and Jay Crowder and, will get to. We'll, don't he's going to give yeah, up a whole bunch. He has to make the mo because he's going <laughs> to give up a bunch of jumpers. <laughs> When he gets caught on switches with Aiton, right? He's just gonna, he just needs to foul. And as long as he can do stuff like that, I mean, I'm I'm being like half serious here. Like his job is really just going to be to space the floor out on offense and not get destroyed on defense. That's it. Like his rebounding the last couple of games has been huge for them. Like in a in a way, it, it's almost like I'm not going to say addition by subtraction by losing Giannis. It made things a little bit simpler though, and Bobby Portis plugs in. Pretty easily, I think, next to Brooke and makes things easier for everybody. So yeah, it's gonna be a big well, time Bobby Portis series. Like if he can do twelve a game in the in the finals, that's amazing. I think I think he plugged in better because of the Hawks personnel, right? Because the oh, especially absolutely. when Trey yes. when Trey Young went down, like they don't really have anybody yeah. who can create an attack like that. Whereas the Suns have a bunch of those dudes. <laughs> like a bunch of those dudes. Yeah, he I don't know if he, I don't know if you could play. Brooke and Portis together against the Suns. You can That's have two you targets can have now him for, on Jay Crowder. Yeah. Yeah, but the, 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 no, what I'm saying is that's now two targets yeah, for the switch, Suns to yeah. hunt. Although, though, they, they, it, it, to it's, be fair, though, maybe you want them to try to hunt some targets because they get out of their offense. I mean, this was kind of the issue in that Clipper series is that, you know, they would get the switch and then, all right, now we're going to attack this one-on-one. So maybe you can convince Phoenix to shoot themselves in their own foot by baiting them with Bobby Portis. But they were getting the switch and the Clippers were defending them. You're you're getting the switch and it's Bobby Portis. Like Booker's going to hit yeah, by fair. him. Like I think it's going to be – and it's going to cause rotations. Like there's a big difference in that. You know, I thought the, the, the problems – in the previous series for the Suns was they were just too dependent on crossbacks. If they just ran straight pick and rolls, I think they would have gotten eight and for lobs over and over again. I think in this instance, so having Lopez and Portis on the court at the same time, I don't well, even think you yeah. can start and that I think way. Like, I think Aiton is going to feast on lobs. If they just do straight line, like you can get that against this Bucks team, even though the Bucks are so, so how do I put this? The Bucks are so horny for defending the rim 
right? So like that's all they care about. That is their lust. Is they is like all they want to do is is defend the rim. And so, but even with that's that, what you because with, that's what you yeah, said on. Because uh, it's the best way I can describe it. Because Giannis isn't there, or when he is, he's not going to be a hundred percent. Like I don't think we should expect the same Giannis, um, even if he's out there. Like that rim, because of who Devin Booker and and Chris Paul are, that rim is going to be open for lobs. And I think, I think Aiton could, could be huge in that respect. Like, I don't think they're going to have to run a whole lot for him. And then as we saw when Phoenix attacked, you know, Utah in the, in the regular season, when they were going after two, seven, like when they did that, like it, it opened up all that offensive rebounding for Aiton. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I think that those opportunities will be there when they attack the mid range because they're going to be hunting that coverage out. Like, I, I just think, I think Phoenix tactically should be at a huge disadvantage or it should be at a huge advantage here, not just because of the disadvantage that Milwaukee has with Budenholzer. Well, one impressive thing about Aiden and that just kind of stands out to me, especially for a young big, he's playing 36 minutes a game. Like he, he's got to be in great, great shape to, to do that. I, I don't think that's that's kind of noticed enough because bigs for the most part, especially young bigs, like it takes you a while to get get to that level where you're playing a lot of minutes and and you're you're sustaining that level of play. But but Aiton's doing it and playing great the whole time, and and that's huge for them because if he had to sit more often, like there's a huge downgrade from him. And so I I, I guess. I just wanted to point that out. It's it's not really not really a huge topic of conversation, but it's just impressive to me, especially for for such a young guy that he's able to handle that minutes load. Okay, so let's let's get into like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to do with that. Um, uh, what, let's get into the like the topic of like, and it's a little corny, but like what this means for like a Chris Paul or a Devin Booker or a Giannis or Middleton to win the championship. Because this is obviously like champion. I think Chris Paul has the most on the line here, obviously, because oh, yeah. he's at he's at the end of of the line in, you know, within the last few years of his career. Um, and and obviously he has never made it to this point before. And um, and it's always been used against him in a very, you know, Charles Barkley esque way. And so, Trey, in terms of Chris Paul, like, do you think a ring even in this season with as chaotic and injured and health and safety protocol and everything that it's been, do you think a ring will validate Chris Paul to enough of his detractors? Uh, I think he, this, this is the thing. I think we've all, not we, I think fans, I think consumers of basketball need to let the ring conversation kind of die right it shouldn't take that oh you, you you know you fought hard and now you earn your respect a lot of guys have been very good right. for so long and a ring shouldn't determine that so whether he wins or not he's still a hall of famer he's still one of the best point guards Agreed, to play this yeah. game and and in this situation with him ringing i mean him ringing with him winning i think it's more of a breath of fresh air for him, a sigh of relief for him, you know what I mean? To move on and just play more freely and be more likable because a lot of people feel like a lot of guys on court don't like him. Off the court, love him. He's the president of the NBA Player Association. 
But at the end of the day, he's been known for being so annoyingly competitive <laughs> that he'll do whatever it takes to win. And he has a chance finally to do this. And if he does it, good for him. I think the narrative changes and he wins over the casual fan, but the people that have been watching him for a very long time knows what he does well. Um, so it'll be more of a, a, a mental uh, help for him and a pat on the back for himself of like, you did a good job, Chris. And it's the same way he allowed himself to be overjoyous of making it to the finals. It's been so long that this is like the monkey right. on his back for so long. You know what I mean? And he was even probably even second guessing himself and Monty Williams had to let him know, like, it's okay yeah. to feel this way because you feel insecure about celebrating something that most players will never get. Think about this. Look how good Tracy McGrady was. Mm -hmm. He never made it out of the first round by himself as a first right. option guy. He got a chance to go to the finals with the Spurs where he was locking arms and it was almost just gut-wrenching and, and terrible right. to watch. Um, but think about that, how good players are actually in this league and never get a chance to play in the finals Never get a chance to taste champagne as a winner. You know, well, the hat meant everything to him. So I think that he's just determined to get this done because it would be the final chapter. I'm not saying he would retire, but it would be more like I can go yeah, play anywhere. That was now. the thing that was so stupid to me when people say, Oh, you haven't won anything yet. You just made the finals. Man, that's an accomplishment. Like, what are you losers talking about? Hell yeah, he should celebrate that he got to the finals after all this time. He didn't do it as he didn't it's, no offense think, to Mitch Richmond Hall of Fame, but he didn't do it as Mitch Richmond hanging on to some team. Like he led right. that team. Yeah. Rich, Mitch Richmond just caught a straight. I know. I didn't feel good about that rock. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you know, but I just don't think people understand how hard it is to make it to the well, finals. Well, LeBron makes it look right? easy. Like just a number. Right? That's part of this. I mean, it's hard. Like if you're gonna say, like, look at LeBron, it's it's he's up there in the conversation for possibly right. the best ever, depending on your opinions between him and Jordan. So like anytime somebody goes, well, LeBron makes it look easy. Look at LeBron. <laughs> yeah. like, that's just who yeah. he is. I mean, like, what are you supposed to do with that? That's such a bad argument. But the, the thing is the finals are so freaking hard to make. Just look at this year, how many teams we thought were going to be in the finals, the Nets, and an injury takes them out. Like just all of these things. It's so damn hard. You have to have a little bit of an element of luck and, you know, for Chris, who's had many years of bad luck, how many injuries have he has he had in the playoffs and things like that? Like, and all the t most of the times he's in the playoffs, his team's never supposed to make it to the finals, right? Like, even this year they weren't supposed to make it. So it's it's along those lines. I'm with Trey in that. Like, this whole rings conversation, it's really just garbage because it's just some it's a counting thing for people. But it's like it's so damn hard to just make the NBA finals. The fact he made it is accomplishment. My, my brother told me this after the Clippers got knocked out, that the final three teams left, not a single player on any of those teams has won a championship. So th th there is not one person with championship experience in the finals right now. And I think that's super interesting. And, and I think the, the dynamic of Chris Paul after a lifetime of, of falling short in the playoffs for whatever reason – him having a chance to to win. And then on the other side is the Bucks, who have kind of been banging their heads against the wall in the Eastern Conference playoffs for a few years. 
trying to get through. And, and this this might be their best chance. I mean, as, assuming Giannis gets healthy and, and plays well, like this this might be their best chance. And so there's a lot of desperation in this series, and I I, I appreciate that. It's it's not like you know the the Warriors are out there looking for their third, or <laughs> LeBron's out there looking for his fourth. Like this, these are guys that have been banging their heads against the wall trying to get this opportunity and and it's going to be new to whoever wins it and i i I like that that dichotomy for for this series and i think chris paul a a lot of jokes are, are made about his leadership and everything like that but i think the way that he's impressed urgency upon that team and so that what's really a, a young team for the most part has been so urgent and and so ready in the playoffs without much experience at all that that's really impressive for for those guys from from booker to to Payne to Aiden like those guys haven't been here before but but you'd never know you'd never know so i i, I, I like this matchup it, it's 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 not the matchup i expected it's it's not the the finals that i think ESPN and whoever else probably wanted, um, but it should be a good one. And a lot of guys who are desperate, desperate to win a ring. Chris, I know you're all over the place right now. Chris Paul is in the NBA Finals. What do you think when you hear that set? Man, it sounds damn good. Damn good. It's been a lot of work, man. A lot of work, going to a new team, everybody staying the course. That team fight hard. T. Lou, unbelievable coach. Chauncey Billups, my big brother, so many ties to that team. But damn, this feels good. Chris, in this game, there was a point the Clippers cut it to seven. You then scored 14 of 16 points on your way to 41 for the game. What kind of mission were you on? Don't lose. Don't lose mission. You know what I'm saying? Damn, that feel good. I wish my son and my family come down here. I don't know, man. It's just a lot of emotions, a lot of injuries. I was getting an MRI yesterday on my wrist. A lot of shit going on. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I just want to get over there with my team, Rach. Respect. Appreciate you. I'll talk to you when I give you the trophy. How about that? Back to you, Mike. You could just, you could hear the emotion in his voice again. It's taken him 16 years one of the premier point guards throughout his entire NBA career. Now at age 36, I remember a few years ago, people were starting to say he was on his decline. What he did last year was magnificent with OKC, just getting them into the playoffs. And then this year comes to a Phoenix Suns team that had not been to the playoffs since 2010, and here they are in the NBA Finals. Every single one of these young players talk about the impact that he's had. So now they'll await the winner of the East. Every team that you coach, but this team is taking you to the finals. Why is this team special? Well, first, just congratulations to Atlanta. Coach McMillan, his players, hell of a season. Amazing. Yeah! It's sweet. These guys have put the work in all year. They deserve to go to the finals. I uh, couldn't be more proud of them. I love coaching them, and we got more work to do. Drew, stay right up here, Drew. Come on, Drew, let's hear from you. We've talked quite a bit. Your coach has directed about your play being aggressive. You led the way in this game early. 
What's it like to hold that in your arms? Man, uh, a feeling that I've never felt before. Uh, as a little kid, everybody here wanted to, wanted, wanted to be a part of this. Uh, just a chance to go to the finals is amazing. So, super blessed. Uh, everybody, I'm so proud of y'all, bro. Hey, let's get one of Phoenix. You know buddy. what, man? I, I want to push back on this whole thing where it's like, hey, it's not L.A. and New York, and that's not what anybody should want. I, honestly, man, like the, the NFL doesn't care about that stuff, right? Like that's some real loser energy to say, well, you know, we only have two or three teams that our league really cares about. So if if Milwaukee and Phoenix make it to the finals, that's a that's an awful, awful loss for us. These are two good teams. The basketball is going to be fun. And all you got to do is put a little bit of effort into making some new stars. And next thing you know, you have more sustainable fan bases or or you have guys who, who are more recognizable. I mean, Devin Booker, that guy is ready to take off for the league. Like they should be putting advertising behind Devin Booker. He has a game that is just perfect for television. He's fun to watch. Uh, he's he's young. He's a good-looking guy. He's fun uh, with the camera. Like I yeah, look at this as an opportunity. Suns, I do love the Suns. I really you do love the Suns. The they've Suns. got they've got great vibes, man. They got really good energy, and I think that that's something that the league could be you know beneficial, uh, or it could be beneficial to the league to highlight that, man. Like it, it, there's a lot of basketball joy happening. I keep saying this team reminds me of that 15 Warriors team. Part, partly because they're just kind of new here. But the joy part of it is the other aspect of it. And, and they're fun as hell to watch. And I think, you know, if the league really just – and they're going to – I mean, it's the finals. It's not like they're not going to market it. Um, but I think they should embrace it, man. It, it's a it's a good opportunity to tell some new stories. Well, I don't think you can compare it to what the NFL does. Because oh, I agree. The, yeah, yeah, because the NFL has a game to promote, right? right? Like mm-hmm. you've got a series and there's difference. Like I think – I think for the Devin Booker aspect of it, um, his good looks aside, like I, I want to see him have a big series just because he struggled so much against the Clippers to make shots that it, it, it ended up being fine. But like I wanted, I kind of wanted to see him put his stamp on it the same way he did against Denver, the same way he did against the Lakers. And it was a tough matchup and they hounded him and, you know, Patrick Beverly was, was all over him and stuff. And, and so like it, he, his, even though he struggled, his attention that he drew away from the rest of the Clippers defense allowed other guys to to cook. Um, but like he's going to have to what I guess gar- like score against either Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday. Like that's a fun matchup. That's a really fun matchup to see. And if he ends up winning that matchup, and like that's going to be the stuff of like, oh my god, here's this legendary performance for this young guy. I was also. And I, I know he didn't shoot well against the Clippers, but I was really impressed by how he was able to still manufacture points. Like he, he still averaged twenty six points a game in that series. He was he was getting to the line. He was he was just making stuff happen, even when it wasn't easy. And I think that could be something that's difficult for players to learn. Young players like to to still go out and and get your buckets, get your points when things aren't going well for you, and it's really tough. And we saw like the end of what was it the, uh, the ugliest game of all time, Game Five. <laughs> yeah, and, and the end of that, like he's getting to the rim, he, he's getting to the free throw line, like he's he's creating the ugly points that in the end won them that game. And and so I, I was real, I was almost more impressed by him in that series 
than in the other ones because nothing came easy and he was still able to persevere through it. Yeah, he still played and, well. And he just didn't make shots, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, and, and to me, like that—that's really impressive, especially for a young guy in his first playoffs. All right. So before before we get to the uh, very sports media predictions aspect of this, one more thing I want to bring up. Um, I just want to get out ahead of this. The Bucks may win the championship. The Bucks may win the championship <laughs> without without Giannis being healthy or being there at all. It's it will not change the Mike Budenholzer conversation. We're going to get a lot of. I thought Mike Budenholzer is a bad coach or couldn't coach with the Bucks. So I, oh, let me tell you, that's going to be that's going to be <laughs> it's, so. It's, that's gonna be so gross because he's gonna be like Trent right. Dilfer getting away. Exactly. He's still Mr. Magoo walking through a construction site, avoiding disaster at all times, like without knowing it. Like that's what it is. Real He-Man aroma. <laughs> yeah. The ladies would really get a bang out of it. Yes. But it's more your type, Armand. Look at him go. He can hardly wait to try it out. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, considering the range, um, you know, for him and for his health, and um, you know, pretty positive. And we'll just take uh, we'll take it day by day and see how he's doing. And then we understand that he's listed as doubtful for tomorrow you know doubtful isn't out what what sort of the things that you guys are looking for in order to make that final decision one way or the other for game five <laughs> yeah i mean you know i think it's it's mostly probably we should have our medical director come and speak to you you guys got the the bomb the coach to talk to you so you know i think it, you know it, it's a lot of this is happening in real time and um i think it'd just be best to, to leave it if he's questionable and, Yas is going to do everything he can to be available, and um, you know, we're going to put his health and safety um, first, and um, you know, together make good decisions. Still looking like it's right. I want to get out. Like before, you hit us with the I thought Budenholzer was a bad coach. Or, I thought Budenholzer couldn't do this, couldn't do that. It doesn't change any of that. It just means the Bucks ended up winning the championship anyway. Okay. They want. Yes, they went despite exactly. him. So. So the the cool thing though, before we switch up, the cool thing is, if the Bucks win, Giannis will have had every award at the age of twenty six. Retire on top, call it a day. Very important to his legacy is that if he doesn't play in the finals, right, he won't have a finals MVP, which is the most important award, right? Isn't that isn't that where we're at in the discourse? It's the award I'd want. Very, I gotta say, very, like, you know, I, this is the thing. I'm still pulling for outstanding MVP. player in playoffs. I'm still, I still want that to be a thing because this finals award thing to cook in seven games, <laughs> and I probably didn't do shit the last three yeah. rounds. That's the dream, man. Yeah, That's Bobby the dream. Portis, Are you kidding the me? The dream, bro. Guys, Bobby Portis. Like you're etched in history for the rest of the like. People are on Steph's ass because he don't have a Finals MVP. That's so wild to me. It's Bobby funny. Portis could have so, four good it's games. Definitely, it's definitely Bobby and Portis be a Finals MVP. It's gonna be Bobby Portis or Mikael or Mikael Bridges Award, and it's gonna be I'm hilarious. Now, I, I am now rooting for Bobby Portis to Guys, win the Finals MVP. There is no way really this season can end. Chance of Bobby Portis <laughs> <laughs> Finals MVP. I need don't it. rain on the no, parade, Zach. Don't, do don't do the J King and ruin things. Danny Green was was one shot away from
from being a Finals MVP. Anything is possible. He was one win. Yeah. Danny Green was gonna was gonna be the Finals MVP if, if uh, Ray Allen doesn't hit that three. What? Yeah. Are you fucking Green high? Was, he hit like 33s <laughs> in that series. He was insane. Yo, he he was on fire. That was one of those streaks. Danny Green is either a hundred percent shooter or a zero percent shooter, and never in between. Yeah, and that series, he was, he was, that was just, one of those one, series. He was, he was one for seven shooter. in Game Six. What are you talking about? Am I thinking of the wrong series? It was the he averaged it through the through the six games right before <laughs> Ray Allen hits that three. He averaged fifteen points. He hit a shitload I, I of must threes, be thinking about but he the, averaged uh, fifteen points. No, that's the series he broke the record for fi- for like three pointers that, okay, in the that's finals. That's the series I'm thinking of. Yeah, but he yeah. was averaging oh, and, and, 15 yeah. points. He was not. Yeah, winning, he, a, he was not a shot away from winning Finals he MVP. Was, I think he was going to win Finals MVP. I promise you, he wasn't. All right. Well, okay. I'll take your word for it. I, I I'll take your word for it. But <laughs> he had 12. He, he it's a 17, 55.1 from three Danny Green. 20. Danny Green was going to win Finals MVP in my heart. He doesn't whether he's in the finals or not. Like this, this game one, 12 points. Game two, 17. Game three, 27. Game four, 10. Game five, 24. Game six, three points. He was not winning finals MVP. I'm looking up the Spurs stats from that series. You just killed my narrative. And Duncan, by the way. Duncan averaged 19 and 12 and one and a half blocks. Danny Green averaged 14 points. Not even one assist again. Son of a bitch, Zach Harper with the fact checking on my Danny Green MVP Look, run. By the way, was, I had was no really idea. Danny Green did that. He did only make scored 15 points a game. A whole lot of threes that series. He did. He made he a did. Oh my and god! And also, it's, it's literally all he did. I, yeah, and I'll, also, I don't think I've ever looked at the box score. This is just this is part of my Danny Green bit. God damn it! Just a feeling. Just a feeling. Yeah. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Matt Bonner was right. the final. It's not a bit, Dave. This is real. It is real. The love is real, but the bit is the bit. And now it's that ruined. Was, that was the year when T Mac was, was so disgusting to watch, as, as Trey <laughs> pointed out earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, all right, look, if Bobby Portis wins finals MVP, this finals does not get an asterisk. I don't care, I don't care who it is. We're not doing this, right? If Bobby Portis wins Finals MVP, we're carving the this the the globe part, the sphere part of the NBA Finals. We're carving it into an asterisk. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is legitimate unless Bobby Portis wins Finals MVP. And part of that is me being salty because I think I picked Bobby Portis to be the sixth man of the year before the season, and he didn't even come close. So that's that's a vendetta that I have against him, right here. Um, all right, let's get into prediction time, Mo. What is your prediction for the NBA Finals? Let's do uh, who wins, how many games, and Finals MVP. Suns in six, and Chris Paul is going to win the Finals MVP just because everybody wants him to. J. King. Bucks in six. Chris Middleton is going to win Finals MVP, and there's going to be so (laughs) much talk about Giannis not winning Finals MVP, and it's going to be so annoying. And Giannis won't care at all because all he cares about is winning and he'll have his, his first ring and he'll be very excited about it. Trey. Uh, I flipped a coin while we were actually potting. <laughs> you have a coin? Uh, it, okay. It's a virtual coin. 
yeah, a Bitcoin. I don't, the Bitcoin. Yeah, I, don't, no, I, don't, I don't. I don't keep. I don't keep. I don't. I don't keep physical money on me anymore. That's, that's for people. Um, but it, I had heads for the Suns and it landed on heads. So I have the Suns in six. Uh, and for Finals MVP, I have Devin Booker. Dave. Um, you know, if, if I thought Giannis was going to play and be healthy, I, I think I'm probably picking the bucks, but uh, sons in six or seven. I mean, I think it's going to be still be pretty close. Um, and I think Chris Paul probably wins the finals MVP. I'm with Mo. I mean, the narrative is just going to be so strong. And if he is, you know, 15 and nine or 15 and 10 for the series, I think that probably gets it done unless Booker absolutely goes nuts. Um, but man, the Suns are just so solid and I don't know if the Bucks have enough juice without Giannis. I am going to leave Jay King out on Mike Budenholzer Island by himself. So he's going to be the only one who picks the Bucks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is setting me up to be the hero yet again. Yeah, I love it. Here, start, start working on yeah, another rap hero, there. Hero uh, an interesting word choice there. Um, I'm going to take the Suns in... Six. Uh, actually, you know what? No, let's get more aggressive. I'm taking Suns and five. I think it's going to be a great five, but I think it's Suns and five. I don't think Giannis is going to be healthy, and I'm going Devin Booker Finals MVP because I think that the Bucks are going to try to take Chris Paul out of the series by having Drew Holiday on him, and I think that's going to leave Devin Booker a whole lot of space to cook. So I'm going. I'm going Book with the uh, Finals MVP in five really fun games. Um, and that's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a competitive five game series. Oh, I agree. I yeah. agree. Um, and, and I, I, I just don't think, I don't think Phoenix Giannis can shoot it. Healthy, right? man. Yeah. 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 Phoenix can really shoot and the Bucks give up shots. So um, I just, I just got sad because I realized the season's almost over. I just got happy. Like, like, I, I swear, I swear, I just had a wave of sadness no, that, right that, now. That's the wave crashing on the shores of Budenholzer Island. That's what that is. <laughs> say, Jay, we're about to see each other. Yeah, next like month, I know, right? We're gonna see each other in Vegas. Like, we'll be fine. And we yeah, got Olympics. We got, the Olympics. Like, we got Olympics. We got the draft. Yeah. Free agency. There's gonna be a ton of stuff. Shout, shout, out, shout out to Team Canada. Really came through what? in the qualifying round. Shout out to Team Canada. You. When did you become Canadian? No, that, that was a brutal loss they had, man. They they just can't make the Olympics no matter how many NBA players they have. Okay, so that's the that's the end of our finals preview slash Team Canada coverage here <laughs> on the Athletic NBA Show podcast. Uh, make sure you check out Mo Dakil's writing on Bleacher Report and obviously the podcasting on the Athletic Podcast Network. Check out all the coverage from Jay King about the Celtics sad off season that's coming up. Uh, and make sure you check out uh, the mock draft that I've got on uh, theathletic.com and all the draft coverage we have coming up and all the NBA finals coverage we have coming up. And make sure you subscribe to the Athletic NBA Show. Make sure you're leaving five-star reviews and working the algorithm and all this stuff you got to do for Trey, for Jay, for Mo, for Dave. I'm Zach. Keep it locked in on The Athletic.